you can always look back on hard times and the hard things that you go through and always appreciate it because whether it's two years, five years, 10 years down the road, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, like this makes sense why I went through this because it prepared you for what you're trying to do in the future. So welcome. This is the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping others through real estate investing. Our hosts interview guests from all aspects of real estate investing who generously share valuable experiences and advice. Whether you're starting out or an experienced investor, this is the show for you. Hello, how's it going? And welcome to the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast. My name is Travis Shelton, your host, and really excited to share with you guys a guest today. Someone I know personally, but someone I know that's going to bring a ton of value to your real estate investing. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you all Chris Hallam. He's a team leader in the mortgage finance industry business. He was a former top producer at the largest retail lender in America for 10 years, and he's currently a mortgage broker and a top producer for the largest mortgage brokerage in the nation. He's helped over a thousand families achieve financial or achieve home ownership and has a huge presence on social media and focuses on giving mortgage and finance tips for buyers and investors. Chris, welcome, buddy. Hey, I appreciate it, Travis. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, man, I really appreciate your time mm -hmm. today. And can you just give our audience a little bit more background, you know, maybe where you're from and how'd you get into this real estate, this real estate world, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I'm originally from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I went to Michigan State University, uh, graduated with a bachelor's degree in business there, and then uh, moved out to Arizona just about a year and a half, two years after graduation, and got into direct sales, uh, did a little bit of door-to-door. -door. And one of the connections that I made through that uh, started working at a mortgage company and um, eventually got me in. So I started my career in mortgages uh, back in April of 2012. And uh, at the time, the company I was with was like the seventh largest uh, company in America. And uh, over the course of like my first five years there, grew to be the largest retail mortgage lender in America. And uh, I spent three years just kind of learning the ropes, doing the work as a loan officer. And then my last seven years of my career at that company, uh, really um, leading teams, uh, typically anywhere from like 15 to 20 salespeople and uh and you know we were doing volume that was typically around uh 200 to 250 closings on a monthly basis as a team wow. so yeah a lot of uh, a lot of families helped uh on purchase transactions buying and uh, a lot of refinance transactions obviously after 2020 uh, when the business shifted uh, but recently i i left there and uh, started my own team under a, under a brokerage, which is the largest brokerage in America, Nexa Mortgage. And, um, and you know, the reason I left is there's a lot more product opportunity uh, at the, as a broker and the ability to save clients money, which is always a great thing. Yeah, I love it. And can't wait to dive into some of those finer details uh, regarding a broker and why people and why our audience should be touching base with brokers, uh, including yourself and your team whenever possible. Uh, yeah. But as always, we start off these shows with some motivation. So, well, we ask our guests to bring uh, a motivational quote. And Chris, can you share the motivational 
quote that you brought for our audience. Yeah, so I love this one. Uh, this is one that is actually came from one of my old mentors uh, when his, uh, you know, he was going through some personal stuff. But um, the quote is, what's hard to do now is easy to live with later. And uh, it also reminds me of another quote that one of my door-to-door sales managers used to say is, the work you put in today determines the zip code you live in 10 years from now. Um, (laughs) So what's hard to do now is easy to live with later. And for me, it's very simple. Um, You know, I I spent a large part of my career kind of feeling like I was always on the wrong side of the coin. Like Mm -hmm. I would see people in the business have it easier um, or maybe, uh, you know, uh, when we'd be in a refinance boom and I'm doing all purchase transactions being like, man, I wish, <laughs> I wish I was over there. Cause these guys are cleaning up and it's easy, uh, what they're doing compared to what, what I was doing. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you that, you know, you can always look back on hard times and the hard things that you go through and always appreciate it because whether it's two years, five years, 10 years down the road, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, like this makes sense why I went through this because it prepared you for what you're trying to do in the future. So, um, so yeah, that's the quote. I love it, man. Honestly, don't even have anything more to add. I mean, I think you hit all the nails on the head. It's just like, it's one of those things. So often we take the easy road, right? And the harder, less, the, the hard road, less traveled. There's a reason, but there's also a reason why we have successful people and unsuccessful people. And uh, it's the same reason. It's easy not to invest in real estate, right? So now kind of to the main part, main topic today, Chris, how can you help our audience of real estate investors? I'm going to give you an example of two different ways that you can go about uh, building your portfolio of getting multiple single family rental properties. Okay. And the first way that you can go about doing it is more of the traditional way. So the average home right now, let's just say in the Phoenix area, single family is about $400,000. we will just use that as an example. Um, a traditional way of doing it when you buy it as, as an investment is you need to put 20% down. So 20% down on $400,000 is going to be $80,000. Now, $80,000 is a, you know, not, a, not a little amount of money. That's a pretty, nice pretty, fair, of amount of, pretty fair amount of money. Um, but that's going to get you one property, okay? The other way that you can do it, the alternative, which is kind of what I'm going through right now and and what I recommend for a lot of folks who don't necessarily have the assets available to, to be able to throw up $80,000 every year <laughs> to buy a new investment property, is what you can do is you can actually buy a new single-family home with 5% down and live in that home for one year. And so now you're putting $20,000 down instead of 80. You live in that home for one year. And then at the end of one year, you can then buy another single family home for 5% down, 20K, let's say on another $400,000 property. Mm -hmm. And you turn that other property into a rental. So what you do is you just buy a new primary, turn the current one into a rental, and you do that over the course of four or five years, you can build up a, a, por- a nice little portfolio in five years mm-hmm. of, uh, of five properties and, uh, you know, obviously have your primary as well as like four rentals in that scenario. So now you now you now own four rentals for the same out of pocket, you know, five percent mm-hmm. times four is 20, uh, as you would in the traditional sense if you just put 20 percent down. One of the downsides of this whole thing, obviously, clearly, would be the idea of moving every year, right? Mm -hmm. And 
this is the way I look at it though. Let's just say your goal is to get to a place to where you have 10 rental properties. And let's say you did this over the course of a 10 to 12 year period. Yeah, you're going to maybe be a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm going to go back to my quote. What's hard to do now is easy to live with later. And if you can spend the next 10 to 12 years executing on this type of game plan, you can really put yourself in a position where think about this. You have 10 properties and let's say these properties cash flow at about, you know, let's say anywhere from five to seven hundred dollars on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about having five to seven K in residual income uh, that you are that will hopefully hopefully nobody's living. Well, there's probably some people out there, but hopefully five to seven K would pay most people's monthly bills. And when you get to a place to where all of your bills are being covered by your residual income, you are now financially free. But the downside would be you're probably not going to enjoy moving every year. Um, so sure. be a minimalist. You get, you get kind of used to it. And, you know, maybe it's two years and not every year. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's nice to move because you do get to get rid of some of that clutter. And uh, I just always think, you know, most of us started working when we were probably like 16 or 18, maybe, maybe 21 or 22 when we got our first professional jobs. And <clears throat> all the stock market says is put your money away for 40 years, right? Put a little bit of your, you're, you're literally putting money away for 40 years to reap the benefit of potential retirement. And your strategy, mm -hmm. we're talking 10 or 12 years. So is that really that much harder than what, what we're, you know, traditionally taught to do with, with these W-2s? So um, I don't think it's that hard, I, I, but I do think uh, a lot of other people think it's a lot harder than, than it really is. So thanks for sharing uh, that strategy with us today, Chris. Absolutely. Um, I, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask a different question. And that's really, you know, we talked a little bit earlier. What's that one thing regarding real estate or the market, your industry, that you can kind of share with our audience of, of kind of what's unique about the mortgage broker world as opposed to maybe just traditionally going to your, the bank that you bank with or the credit union that you, that you go uh, in there to be able to get a loan product as compared to your mortgage lending uh, or your mortgage broker side of things. Yeah, for sure. So when you think about getting a, getting a mortgage, you think about three buckets that you need in order to qualify as a, as a consumer. So you've got income, assets, and credit. And okay. typically you have to be fair or better on all three to be able to get financing. And so, for example, like the lender I came from, um, the largest mortgage lender in America, mm -hmm. and I mean, literally closing billions of dollars on a monthly basis. However, uh, this lender did not have the ability to help someone who maybe was really struggling in credit, but had good income and assets. Or someone that just didn't have the assets but had the credit and the income. So if you were missing one of the three buckets, mm -hmm. uh, you were just kind of like, well, sorry, you got to work on that. Can't get one it alone. Of, You're just stuck. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. one of the things that I love about being in the broker world and one of the reasons I decided to make the change is because there are lenders out there that you know, for a consumer, you'd have to, it'd be like finding a needle in a haystack. Like the amount, mm -hmm. there's 40,000 lenders across or something like that across the country. Like for a consumer to try to find these lenders directly is going to be impossible. So that's why it's nice to have a broker. Um, so for me, I've got access to 170 affiliates. That means lenders Easy. that we can work through. 
And, uh, and so we know where to go. We kind of do the shopping for the consumer. So if a consumer comes in and says, hey, I'm missing one of these three buckets, let's say, for example, they, they just switched jobs and now they are self-employed. So a normal bank wouldn't be able to use that income. They would say, hey, you have to be self-employed for two years. Uh, with what we have access to, if you're missing one of the buckets, if you've got assets and you've got credit, you don't need income. You can That's get awesome. a loan without the income. Um, if you've got uh, income and assets, but you don't have credit, guess what? You don't need credit. Like literally you don't need a credit score and we can get you approved as long as you meet the criteria. So I'm not saying that it's easy to meet the criteria. Like you've got to be able, you've got to be pretty strong in the other two areas. Um, but the, the point is, is that it's possible and so a lot of folks that have been denied um, when you call your, your big Wells Fargo or, you know, Rocket Mortgage or Chase Bank and you've been denied, um, there, it doesn't mean that there's not loans out there that can still help you. Everything else comparative? I mean, are you paying a bunch of extra points or are the rates in general, you know, are, are they a lot more? Or are they just still com um, competitive with, with the other rates of, let's say, if you had three out of three versus a two out of three bucket. Can you help me there? All right, so so yeah, that's a great question. In terms of the interest rates uh, on, when you have, when you're missing one of the buckets, these are mm -hmm. called non-QM, which stands for non-qualified mortgage. And these non-QM products uh, definitely have slightly higher interest rates than what you would okay. get if you were able to qualify for all three. So make no mistake about it, if you're able to qualify for all three and do your more traditional loan, absolutely, that's the way we want to go in terms of saving you money. However, you and I both know that there's about to be a lot of good deals out there in the market in terms of uh, you know values kind of coming back to reality a little bit. And so for folks that want to get the good deal on the house, you're marrying the house, not the rate. So date the rate, marry the house is what we say, right? So like that. when it comes to these non-QM products, take your medicine. You know what I mean? If that's what it mm -hmm. takes to be able to buy the house and get the, get the good investment deal, make it happen. And then you can always refinance once you get to a spot to where you now qualify for all three buckets and you can drop that interest rate. Makes total sense. You know, mm -hmm. and, and it's like, I've had, I don't know how many mortgages I've had, but they've all been refinanced probably within five years, you know, um, for better rates because appreciation, because, um, cash out for one reason or another. Uh, most times, you know, especially as an investor, you're looking to kind of move that money around or do something. And, uh, I know me personally finding a mortgage broker the first time, uh, it was a game changer. Cause like you said, you have access to over 170 different banks. I am not patient enough to call more than three, maybe not even more than two. I got a credit union and I got a main bank that I bank with, right? And back then it was, hey, what are their rates? Oh, these guys are here and these guys are there. And that was my shopping, you know? So I always think, you know, who not, how, how can I leverage someone? So it's so amazing to be able to work with your loan officers and people that I know to be able to say, hey, what, what are my options here and get someone that's going to go out there and give me hundreds of different quotes and rates and options, uh, really at the blink of an eye and not my own time. So, I mean, your services are, are so valuable to real estate investors and I wish I knew about them probably my first three or four, um, investment properties instead of well beyond, you know, uh, 
where I'm at now. One one thing that's interesting for yep. just the general like the investor that uh, is curious about these non-QM loans is that these loans change all the time. Uh, the guidelines on them change the, um, the, you know, the amount. So it could be like, for example, I'll give you a quick example, then we can move on. Uh, there's a loan product out there, uh, where it's a, it's for an investment property and no income requirements, literally, as long as it's anticipated that the short-term rental income will cover the mortgage payment, Mm -hmm. then you're good to go. No, no income required. Interest rates a little bit higher, but back in April, we were able to do that product with 10% down. Mm-hmm. And as we kind of moved through the summer and the fall and things started getting a little bit squirrely out there in the markets, investors kind of pulled back and now you now it's required 20% down. Mm-hmm. So the point I'm getting at with that is these, these products change all the time. Mm-hmm. So even if the non-QM products don't fit right now, that doesn't mean, you know, it's January. That doesn't mean that in March you might not have the ability to do it again. So it's one of those things where if you have a broker, you should be, as an investor, you should be checking in with that broker probably once every 30 to 60 days just to see if there's been any updates to be able to put yourself in a position to buy if that's what you're looking to do. Love that. That's such great advice. And yeah, as you said, those things are changing all the time. So you never know when the great product's going to be there that might hit your, uh, your buy bucket, right. And might change and go from 20% to only needing 10% down. So that's really great advice. Hi, my name is Chris Hallam of Simplicity Lending Group and powered by Nexa Mortgage. I'm a trusted and experienced loan officer who will work with you to find the best mortgage options for your needs. From first time home buyers to experienced investors, I have a wide variety of loan options and competitive rates, which makes me the perfect choice for those who are in need of creative financing. Contact me today and take the first step towards financial stability. Well, Chris, as you know, we finish all our interviews off with the final four hot questions. Um, are you ready to jump in the hot seat? Yeah, I think so. It's hot right, over nice. here. <laughs> um, I also want to share with the audience today, you know, Chris, uh, Chris, Christopher Hallam, he's, he's a per- close personal friend and a huge supporter of the hot real estate investing, uh, hot REI brand and this hot real estate investing podcast and has been so gracious. And I thank you so much, buddy, that, uh, he's, he's decided to be our sponsor for the hot questions. And so, um, moving forward, we'll always give a little shout out to Christopher Hallam and uh, the Nexa Mortgage team uh, and give you guys their contact information. So thanks again, Chris, for, yep. uh, for choosing to be our sponsor. And uh, you're not going to get off easy, though, today. You still got to answer all the hot questions. So we'll kick it off with what's one book you'd recommend to someone wanting to know more about real estate investing? Yeah. So for me, uh, just a very basic beginner book in terms of investing in general would be Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. So this is one that I remember reading um, shortly after college. And I grew up in an environment where uh, financial literacy was not, uh, (laughs) it was, there was, there was no financial literacy. I was taught nothing about finances growing up in my household. And, um, and so this was really the first book that kind of opened my eyes up to investing in the world of cash flow. So highly recommend that book for, for anybody that wants to get started. 
Definitely. It's a must. Uh, what is your favorite productivity tip or trick or some sort of hack or, or anything you'd like to share with our audience today? Yeah. So, uh, so Travis, you know, but I, I just hit the three year mark of sobriety and thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but no alcohol sobriety would be my hack. Um, the amount of work that you can get done with, with the absence of alcohol and the clarity that you gain over the course of time. Um, you know, it was, it took me about six months through my sobriety journey where I, started getting all of this clarity. I started having memories that I forgot about. I started having just full clarity at about six to eight months. And, um, and I really feel like I've taken off in terms of my productivity level and being able to, um, really be the best version of myself. So that's my hack. No alcohol. That's awesome. Great. Great. And I know I was down for two days after my 40th birthday, um, <laughs> just trying to recover. So definitely would have been a lot more productive without uh, a couple, couple of those beers on a uh, Saturday. Um, what's your biggest real estate mistake or failure and what did you learn from it? Yeah. So my biggest was, uh, was the first, the first home I sold. Uh, it was one of these situations where, you know, I didn't necessarily need to sell the house. Um, but I just thought that, man, I felt like we're, this was November of 2018. I was okay. like, man, we, we got to be near the top here. Uh, I, I felt <laughs> like, you know, the market was doing really well and I was like, I'm going to clean up on this and I'll be able to pay off a little bit of debt. We'll be able to buy our next house. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was a big mistake cause we sold that house for three ten. And it sold within hours of being on the market. Wow. And, you know, I remember looking uh, about a year ago. So at the beginning of 2022, this was back when the market was crazy. Uh, but I remember looking and it was like 505 is oh, what it was uh, valued <laughs> at. So just another 200,000, yeah. you know, within four years that appreciated $200,000 within four years. So Definitely wish I would have held on to that one. Um, my takeaway from that is to be patient. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Um, also, like that was, I really tried timing. I really like had this idea that like I was this guru and I was going to time the market. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, was I wrong? That was yeah. so bad. That's such a huge mistake, right? So just so the. The other thing is be patient and don't try to time the market. Our final question, if you could be remembered for one th thing, what would it be? So for me, it's just impacting lives, which is one of the reasons why I love uh, being, uh, you know, I love what you're doing and the helping others through real estate investing, excuse me. Um, you know, I've, like I said, I was in leadership for the last seven years of my career at that corporate position. And I loved helping people. I've been able to touch uh, literally hundreds of hundreds of lives and make a positive impact, hopefully on, on all of them. Um, but you know, my goal is to help people level up and mm -hmm. the more you can help people level up and be the best version of themselves, the, the better off you'll be, uh, e eventually. So, um, so that's the biggest thing for me is I just want to be able to help people and have a good time doing it. 
appreciate it. Love it. And, uh, you know, and if you guys don't follow Chris, uh, we'll definitely post all his, all his handles and all the ways you can contact him and follow him on social media. He's a great follow, uh, great financial tips, great mortgage advice tips. And like he said, they're also fun. So, uh, definitely, uh, be sure to follow him. All right, cool. Thanks again, Chris, so much for joining me today. I think you brought a ton of value to our audience. You know, I definitely think uh, being able to buy a primary home with less than 20% down and then being able to just continue to repeat that um, annually is a huge way for uh, all of us and anyone investing in real estate to build wealth and to build a portfolio. You know, it's tried and true. And, you know, thanks for giving us advice and information on what a mortgage broker uh, can provide to our audience of investors, you know, and why that our investors should be touching base with mortgage brokers and having one of them on their team. And I definitely highly recommend if you guys don't have a mortgage broker, please reach out to Chris. Please reach out and get some uh, just, you know, more resources and uh, better advice from people doing doing it in the game for a lot longer. And uh, just thank you for listening in today and hope you guys have uh, a best day ever. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Hot Real Estate Investing Podcast. Check out our website, hotrei.com for additional content and resources. And please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review so we can continue to bring even more value to others through real estate investing.